Hey, this is Heidi Dawson. If you love all things health and wellness and style of any kind, hang out here with me each week. I'm obsessed with never-ending improvement, and it's all in an effort to help each one of us live a wildly successful lifestyle. Subscribe today so you don't miss a thing. Hi guys, welcome to episode 425 of the Wildly Successful Lifestyle Podcast. I'm especially grateful for each and every one of you guys today. Thank you so much for being here. So you may not get why I gave this episode the title I did with the story I'm about to tell you, but I do make it make sense towards the end, I promise, and it may make you look with reflection on moments you've had in the past or moments you will have, just like it has for me. So we had a really rough time in our family this week. We had to say goodbye to our little 14-year-old Yorkie Kinsey. I have talked about her a lot on the podcast. <laughs> so we also call Kinsey Lulu. She had lots of nicknames. Do you do that with your pets where you just call them the silliest things? We used to call her Barbara Barker because she would bark at all the people that would come to the door. Or Nosy Nancy because when we would be on our little walkabout, she would strain her neck to see what was going on with the neighbors. <laughs> now, I personally love to just call her my little nugget because she weighed six pounds. She was just so tiny. Now, she probably should have weighed five, but she loved treats, and she was kind of bossy and persistent, so I always ended up giving her way too many. (laughs) We're really, really going to miss her. I'm telling you about her not only because I want to talk about her, but I want to share on how her last day, it felt like the universe literally grew legs and walked amongst us to show us that life is always working in our favor. It was just so blatant. And really, it's so blatant every day that life is working in our favor. It's just that sometimes we aren't aware enough to notice. A lot of times, in fact. So, Kinsey was 14. She lived a long life, but she still looked like a puppy, and she'd act like one too. But she had breathing problems that were not fixable. They were not curable. And so things were getting progressively worse, and we knew that they would. So she would pass out a lot. She passed out when she got too excited or chased a squirrel, but we could handle that. And it didn't seem to really bother her. But in the last week or so, she would start waking up in the middle of the night. And the only way I can really describe it is she would wake up screaming. And by the time Eric and I could get to her little bed, she never liked to sleep with us. She liked to sleep in her own little bed. She would be completely stiff and then go completely limp. And most of the time she would pee on us, which made us think she had died. But we would rub her and rock her and she would wake up. And after a little bit, she'd sleep for a few hours. But then she'd be back to herself, which was a bossy, happy little nugget. (laughs) So we were really because those episodes were horrible for her and they were horrible for us too for being honest now on Wednesday night this last Wednesday night it happened twice in one night and the second time I mean her eyes were glazing over and it was really really a rough one and Eric and I finally just looked at each other and just started crying we knew we had to help her in whatever way that we needed to so the next morning we decided we would make an appointment for a quality of life check Um, at the vet. And so I call Molly. Now she had originally, I don't know if we've talked about this before, originally been Molly's dog as a puppy. So she lived with Molly for six years. And then for life circumstances happen and she moved in with us for the last eight years. So she was both, she was Molly's girl too. 
So Molly says, I'm coming in case there's a worst case scenario, in case she doesn't get to come home with us. So our appointment was at 1230. Molly's in Nashville. It takes three hours to get here. She realized a little ways in that she wasn't going to make it for our 1230 appointment. So she called and she was kind of frantic and she was like, you have to move it. And so I'm already stressed. Eric's stressed. And we were having a really, really, really hard time. And so my brain was really upset that we were going to have to do that. And the vet didn't have another time until four o'clock. And so we were kind of frustrated and upset. But then I had this thought in my mind, you know, wait a minute, this is going to happen. It's going to work out for us. There's probably something really good that's going to come from that. And so finally, Eric just said, hey, let's wait until four. There's no rush. She's doing fine. Okay, so we're all very relieved. And we moved the appointment to four. Molly gets to our house around 1245 and she's saying hello to Kenzie and Kenzie's really excited to see her and Prescott, which she always is. And then I noticed that our garage door goes open and here comes our cleaning ladies. And now I'm getting stressed and upset again because I had started a text to tell them to come tomorrow instead of today because I just couldn't handle them being there right now. There's six of them and they come in like a tornado and they do a beautiful job. But Myra is has been our cleaning lady and also part of our family for uh, 16 17 years and she loved Kinsey and they were close she would keep Kinsey in fact when we needed her to keep her for for when we were on vacation so they were very close and so she got to love on Kinsey she wasn't sure if she was going to see her again we we let her know what was going on um and then we all Molly Eric Prescott, Kinsey, and I hopped into the car to get out of their way, and we said, well, we'll just drive around and go get lunch and go to the park, which is exactly what we did, and it was a beautiful sunny day, and Kinsey was loving it, and everyone was happy being together in the car, and Kinsey got barbecue, (laughs) which she actually loves pork, so she got to eat barbecue, and she was gobbling it down. I mean, it's kind of the elephant in the room was that she was doing so well right now. I mean, Molly even mentioned, you know, I wish I could see one of her episodes so I would know how bad it is because she looks so good right now. I mean, she generally would rally when Molly and Prescott were around because I think on adrenaline, she was so excited. So we said, well, hold on. Let's just, we're, let, let's let them do their checkup and see what they say. We're not saying that, you know, she's, we're going to let her go if she doesn't need to go. So after a thorough exam at the doctor, they said, you know what, after this x-ray, we think things are a little bit better. And they wanted to give us one more medication that they thought might help her heart and any inflammation so that she could breathe better. Maybe we get a few more months. So we're all happy and we're relieved and we're all just, you know, just excited because we weren't sure that was going to happen. So we're Molly and I and Eric are checking out and Eric is paying at the counter. And I said, Molly, let's go ahead and get in the car so that we're not just all standing here in the, in the lobby of the veterinarian's office. So we're sitting in the car waiting for Eric and Kinsey's in my lap and she kind of makes a little movement. And Molly goes, was that you or was that her? And I said, I I looked down and she's kind of gone limp and I was like, oh, no, 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 no. It's actually her. She's, she's fainted, but it's okay. You know, we're kind of used to that. We've, we've been dealing with that for over a month. And so I'm holding her and rubbing her. And then all of a sudden she starts her screaming episode again. And Molly's like a flash. She's in one second, she grabs her, runs her back into the vet. And within seconds, they have her on oxygen because her tongue was already turning blue and she was completely limp. Normally she comes back a little faster than that. But long story short, she was never able to come off oxygen, and we had to make the decision to let her go, which 
everyone 100% agreed was best for her. Everyone was like, no, this is, you know, she, this is best. She's not going to be able to make it off oxygen. It's been too long now. So had that happened, though, with Kenzie, 10 to 20 minutes later, we would have been driving or worse at home with nothing to help ease her pain. And when I actually reflect on the whole day, I realized how every single thing that happened that day worked out in our favor and in Kenzie's favor, too, and everyone around us. See, her not being able to, Molly not being able to be here at 1230 made us move it to four, which gave her a chance to spend the afternoon with Kenzie and us a chance to spend the afternoon with Kenzie. And then me forgetting to ask Myra, our cleaning lady, to come the next day instead of today, allowed Myra to love on Kenzie and say goodbye. We weren't sure if she was going to get to see her again. And then the doctor giving us hope with medication allowed us to have the relief and knowing that we felt really good that we gave Kenzie every chance we could. And Kenzie having her final episode also allowed Molly to see what she had been going through. And she'd only heard those stories from us. But it also allowed for Kenzie to be at ease in her final moments with all three of us there loving on her instead of going through another week or who knows longer of how... I mean, of struggling to breathe. Who knows how long that would have lasted. See, in a state of not being aware that things are working in our favor, any one of those episodes, any one of those things could have just been the final straw that sent us into a meltdown. But as soon as the anxiety started building when Molly wasn't going to be here in time for the 1230 appointment, I checked myself and I said, you know what? There's a reason that this is working in our favor. So let's just let it be as it should without fighting it. I felt so comforted and so unconditionally loved because I realized there really is something that's always looking out for me. And there is for you too. And the things that, that we think are awful at the moment and that we think we're never going to recover from, those are the things that ultimately save us or awaken us or help us grow into whatever we were always meant to be. I mean, we think the traffic is an inconvenience when it really kept us from an accident we could have been in. We think the change in time for our meeting is annoying when it made it so we ended up having time to visit our mom that one last time. Or that job that didn't work out caused us to learn the new skill we needed for the new job that was offered. Maybe the coffee shop was closed that we loved to go to, which made us go to, to one across town where we ran into an old friend that ultimately introduced us to our new partner. We don't realize the closing of one door often helps us find the new door that's open. If you take a moment to reflect on some of the hardest things you've gone through in life, if you really think about it, something good has come from it. I've always felt I had someone looking out for me in a way this, that I've always thought that. And, and this week, I actually feel like that thought grew legs and walked with me, making itself so obvious that it could no longer be denied that life is working in my favor, even when I think it's not. And it's that way for you too, I promise. You just have to look for the ways that it's true. So Eric, my husband, shared a poem with me yesterday, and I, you've probably heard it. And if you haven't, you'll be really glad that I'm sharing it. It's called Footprints in the Sand. And here it is. One night, a man had a dream. He dreamed he was walking along the beach with the Lord. Across the sky flashed scenes from his life. For each scene, he noticed two sets of footprints in the sand, one belonging to him and the other belonging to the Lord. When the last scene of his life flashed before him, he looked back at the footprints in the sand. He noticed that many times along the path of his life, there were only one set of footprints. He also noticed that it happened at the very lowest and saddest times in his life. 
Now, this really bothered him, and he questioned the Lord about it. He said, Lord, you said that once I decided to follow you, you'd walk with me all the way. But I've noticed that during the most troublesome times in my life, there's only one set of footprints. I don't understand why, when I needed you the most, you would leave me. The Lord calmly replied, My son, my precious child, I love you, and I would never leave you. During your times of trial and suffering, when you see only one set of footprints, it was then that I carried you. Keep that poem in your heart at all times. It's called Footprints in the Sand, and if you want to find it online, you can easily do that. My challenge to you this week is when something happens that hurts or doesn't make sense, remember that you are loved beyond what you even realize and that life is always working in your favor. Look for that to be true and you find it in every moment. Share this with three people who may need to hear it. I love you guys. I'll talk to you in a few days. Don't forget to subscribe and share with your friends because we're just going to keep going bigger and better places together. And I love that about us. Talk to you in a few days.